Though it was amazing growing up in the same city, in the same country, it always had me wondering what else there is to see on Earth. As a kid, I knew there was more to the world, more than what I currently knew. Countries I hadn't seen, people I hadn't met, and foods I hadn't tried. All of which comes under the category of learning and broadening my perspectives. Because the reality is, we get sheltered living the same life every day. We become accustomed to those ideas and rituals when there truly is so much more to see just at the edge of our fingertips. Welcome to the Roaming the Earth podcast. I am your host, Drea Castro, and today we are here with Luke Demant. With over 650,000 followers across his personal brand, Luke has nailed social media travel content down to a science. He showcases areas around the world that aren't typically visited and loves to connect with the local people, showing how they live and what occurs on a day-to-day -day basis. Uploading his adventures to TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube have allowed him to connect with others around the world and set up a life of travel. Thank you so much for being here, Luke. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm really excited to pick your brain about all your adventures because I've been watching all your stuff and seeing everything that you're doing and it's just so awesome and definitely aligned with my, a lot of my own adventures. Yeah. Only you do it better. I <laughs> uh, no. We have different styles, I guess. No, nobody does it better. Everybody's individual and uh, has their own ways of doing things. Yeah, but you have a great way of like showing what's happening and you're just like completely comfortable like with just like going up to people like I love that one video that you do with the balloon <laughs> and I'm just like like laughing and just like I just I resonated with it you know all your videos it's just like make me feel like I'm right there mm -hmm. and that's really special yeah well, that's kind of like sort of the reaction like I anticipate and what I am sort of trying to achieve when creating these videos of having these people, you know, watch these videos and make it feel like they're there experiencing um, this moment. So I'm happy to hear that because that's my sort of my whole aim in producing these videos and uploading them online. Your excerpt in the beginning. What yeah. is that about? Tell me about it. I guess um, it's just my brain flooding out. You said you wanted me to wanted to pick my brain, but that's, that's sort of kind of what I associate travel with learning and broadening my perspectives, learning about cultures and places that I know I've never been to because, um, you know, growing up in Sydney and growing up in Australia, my whole life, you know, there's only so much you can learn about one country and only so much you can learn doing the same things day in, day out. So that's why I love travel because basically every experience for me, whether I'm going out and eating breakfast, whether I'm walking on the beach, you know, there's always somebody that I meet, some food that I try that's always just like a, a new experience. And I learn from that instead of doing sort of the same things over and over um, like, like I do when, when I'm in Australia. How did you go from I'm living my life in Australia to I am pack my bags to go travel the world? And what was the first country you went to? You Like, what was that journey? Yeah, so I'm 20 at the moment, just to give a little bit of context. But um, basically, I finished high school when I was 18, worked for about six months, just full time, working my ass off, trying to save as much money as I could, spending as little as possible, knowing that I was going to you know, go on this adventure. Um, so worked as much as I could. In May 2019, I um, booked a one way flight to Sri Lanka, which was my very first country that I visited solo. Um, actually happened to be 
um, right after the Easter bombings, bombing attacks there. So it was interesting wow. going there for my first trip solo and I didn't really see any tourists there for a, a week into my trip because everyone had left because there were some horrific bombings there. Um, and then, you know, my whole goal, even leading up to when I was in high school and after school, I had always been into film and I'd been posting videos on YouTube, but obviously with school and everything, I hadn't been able to focus on it um, predominantly. So traveling and, you know, being free and living, doing whatever I want allowed me to film whenever I want, however I want, with whoever I want. So um, like it really gave me time to focus on that and um, basically went from Sri Lanka to Thailand and to India and in India is when I really, you know, focused on uploading every single day. And um, that's kind of where it all kicked off, you know, slow and steady. And then it just sort of progressively grew to, to where it is now. Where did that come from, that hunger for that travel? Because I, I know when I was like in high school, I wasn't even thinking about that. Like, where did that come from? Definitely when I was like 17, 18, I was watching a lot of YouTube videos of, you know, people in Bali and people traveling the world. And I've always had a mindset of being like, if those people can do it, why can't I? There's no reason as to why I can't achieve what those people are doing. So, um, you know, having that mindset and just knowing that I, I can do that, sort of that's where the motivation to, to travel came from. As I mentioned earlier, like getting to like 17, 18, it, living in the same city gets boring, at least for me. I, I get very impatient. I always want to do the next few things. So, um, yeah, it's kind of me realizing that, oh, there's so much more to see out in the world. Uh, I can create videos like freely whenever I want. It's sort of just like everything really linked together to travel and travel was able to facilitate that, every, everything that I was passionate about at the time. Wow. I admire you for having that brain of yours because yeah. that's, it's the special thing. That's not a normal thing. <laughs> and I, I don't really know where it sort of came from, where that like ability to think like that. I, I really like don't know, but luckily I have amazing parents that didn't force me down the education system and knew that I wanted to be happy, you know, pursuing a, a dream of mine to, you know, travel and create videos. So um, very lucky to have amazing parents that didn't force me down the education system. So I think that facilitated that a lot that helped me out, you know, making the decision to leave a lot easier than some other people have to face when, you know, they're sort of pushed down into university, into college. Um, so yeah, it was actually a pretty easy sort of decision. Wow. I was going to ask you, like, how did your parents, you know, allow you to be like my 18 year old boy, like go to Sri Lanka after a bombing, like what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have an older sister who did a lot of traveling. My mom did a lot of traveling when she was younger. So, um, okay. you know, it, so it was a lot easier because they'd already had one of their, uh, one of their children, you know, leave for, you know, multiple months at a time. So I wasn't like the first one in the family leaving. So they're already accustomed oh. to it. Uh, and, you know, mum's a big believer in travel and how much you can learn from that. So uh, it was a pretty easy decision for them to like, let me go. <laughs> That's where it comes from too. Like it kind of runs in your blood. Your family loves to travel. Maybe not, I'm not sure, maybe not as extensively as you, <laughs> but it's wanderlust. It yeah. runs in the blood. Yeah, well, mum's travel and then dad's sort of more onto the video side of things so I guess oh, that actually wow. makes sense now that I think about it why I'm doing what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> there you go oh yeah. my god <laughs> 
That's literally like a perfect marriage of you. Well, I'm glad I got that one out. Now I realize. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have the plan of going for a long period of time? My, my plan leaving was... A, I'm either going to spend all my money and do the exact same thing, work again, go back over and try, you know, make videos or B, uh, you know, turn this into like a potential career, turn this into a business. So like it was either going to be A, it happened on the first trip or B, it happened multiple times over. I wasn't really going to stop until it happened. <laughs> Luckily, it happened on the first trip, like being able to turn this into a career and making some money from it. You have persistence in your blood. Mm. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would have given up. Luckily, like you said, like it happened on your first try, but still it's like a lot of people would have scared or just give up or, you know, they're not consistent about things. You are. And you know that that's important if you really want to pursue something like that. And really to be an entrepreneur, right? You have to be persistent. You got to have that 5.30 a.m. club, that 5 a.m. club that you have that yep. makes you get up. <laughs> No, I think naturally I'm just very competitive and don't like failing and especially for like myself, you know, I've been running recently. I hate running. I absolutely can't stand it. But like, you know, running, knowing that like I'm going to give up just like annoys me, like knowing that I'm going to like start walking and saying like, oh, you like missed out on those last two kilometers that like pisses me off more than anything that I could like do. So I just, I hate failing, especially like when, you know, when I'm in like complete control of the, the failure, when it's my decision to stop doing what I want, I just can't really fathom that. <laughs> you have a, you have a very strong mindset. Yeah. And yeah. It's something I've worked on. I think it's a big, like, I mean, at the end of the day, physical and mental strength are really the only two things that are in our, in our life. And a lot of people have the physical strength under control but like mentally a lot of people are struggling around the world especially in the current times and being able to be on top of both of those things can basically excel you in any anything in life you sort of have it all covered anything can come at you and you're able to tackle it and get on with life okay so you have to like do a tedx one of these days and just like <laughs> i'm like inspired like i'm like oh my god luke <laughs> uh tedx god that's 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 uh too nerve-wracking i do get nervous you know though i go and travel random places i get very like that doesn't seem weird to me at all like i understand it's like nervous for other people but that like makes me feel so comfortable but like standing on stage that makes me very uncomfortable <laughs> yeah actually it's so funny because you know like i do this podcast i'm an actor but like standing on stage by yourself and doing a speech about who you are and your beliefs scares the living daylights out of me. Like, I'm like, I can't do that. Like, what yeah. do you mean? Like, by my, I would probably croak, like, you know? <laughs> like, it's terrifying. It's a whole nother thing, but you do speak well, so. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have any fears at all when you first started? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, at the start, you know, leaving for the first time solo and not having your parents. I was 18 at the time. Definitely, like, of course, that's going to be nerve wracking. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew that was what I wanted to do. Like, I realized specifically over the past couple of months is like when you're nervous about something and when you're like worried about something, that's when the most growth happens. Um, that's when you like learn the most. So I knew it was a big step, but it was going to you know, provide a lot of return in my growth and my independence and 
Um, I, I really, you know, was nervous. Definitely. Mum was definitely nervous um, and like cried a lot at the airport before, before I left. But um, I guess like every time I've left after that, just, you know, it gets easier and easier because, you know, you know, you know, just it's easier after you've done it once. And also I think at the beginning when I first left, I booked a one-way ticket. So I had no idea when I was going to come home, you know, when you have an end date, it's a lot easier for like your family and your friends to, you know, be like, Oh, he's coming home in you know a few months, but I didn't have like an end date. It was just a matter of when, you know, it could be five years. It could be, you know, a few months. Uh, it ended up being six months, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm in awe. Like, cause like, I just remember when I was 18, like, I just can't imagine. <laughs> I can't even imagine. You didn't have like a plan. Like you had someone of a plan. <laughs> no, like no plan. I don't travel with any plans. Even my next trip is coming up. Like I just know I'm going to fly to a destination. Usually I book like one hotel night and then just figure it out from there. I have like a rough idea of the countries I want to visit, but like stuff just changes so quickly. I don't see the point in, you know, booking in advance because you might, might meet some cool people. You might meet some people you want to hang out with. And if you're restricted on like timeframes, like I don't really understand how that's fun. I had a friend um, who sort of left at the same time that I did going to Europe and had like everything booked in advance, like to like the day, like three days here, taxi from here to there. And then she ended up getting homesick and coming home and like lost half her money. I'm like, doesn't really like make sense. Just like, I don't know. What if you meet some cool guy or some cool girl over there that you want to hang out with, you know, and you, Oh no, I'm going to Athens tomorrow. So we can't, you know, hang out. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. So I just, I just do whatever I feel like in, you know, in the morning, just wake up. Oh, what can I do today? Let's go do that. Done. Wow. Tell me what your life as a content creator or travel vlogger looks like every day. Like, what does it look like? What time do you get up? <laughs> what time do you sleep? Well, you know, the past year I've implemented a lot of structure to my life being, uh, I've been in Sydney and building businesses, but like when I travel, shit just hits the fan. It's sort of like do whatever I want, whenever I want, if I want, like there is no structure. And I think what I've learned is that like that is the reason to a lot of my burnouts when I travel, you know, just uploading videos every single day, always producing content. So the next trip I'm going on is definitely going to be more long-term and more st stable because multiple times I've done the complete opposite where I'm traveling, you know, on a daily basis, creating videos, not knowing where I'm sleeping until like eight o'clock at night, realizing like, um, you know, that just like burns you out. And I've had like big burnouts, you know, overseas. Um, and I, I've nailed, I think I've nailed it down to the sole reason of just, I'm just doing too much too fast and traveling too much. So definitely the next trips I'm going on are going to be more long-term and, you know, staying there for a significant length of time before moving on. Um, but in like, it's just basically, probably from like when I wake up until I go to bed, when I'm traveling, it's all to do with like creating content, <laughs> like like everything, like responding to DMs, responding to emails, editing videos, uploading videos, figuring out what I want to do for the day. Uh, and that was also a realization, realizing that I'm there more for like a business and realizing that some of the places I don't even remember because I was solely there to take photos and take videos. So sometimes I just like step back, set the camera down and just like really just travel, not film because there is like a big difference. There is. 
there is for sure. There is for sure. And I, and when I travel, I try to like remember to do that because you get lost in like mm -hmm. just trying to like get it right or whatever. So I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, outside of that challenge, are there any other challenges that you faced while you've traveled? That's like, that's definitely the biggest one burnout because I just go like rapid, just want it all, all at once. Um, like, I don't know, but like, honestly, there's like no real other challenges. That's like my biggest challenge, probably. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I don't like... know. Like, I like to be honest, I don't really care what happens to me or what happens when I'm overseas just because I can learn from it and everything's an experience. So, like, if something bad happens, it doesn't really phase me. It's just like, oh, cool, like that happened, learn from it, sort of things. Like, I don't really think or like associate any anything that happens when I travel with like a negative experience because I can definitely like learn from it and learn about the sort of customs there. Um, I'm trying to think like, I don't know, obviously getting homesick is like uh, an issue I had on the first trip, um, you know, missing my friends and family and having actually probably there is another issue. It's like probably loneliness because at the end of the day, I'm solo in a random country. I have like you know, local friends, but at the end of the day, they're not like my close friends. They're not my family. They're not the people that, you know, I really love and care about. They're sort of just people there that, you know, are there for a few days, but unfortunately, you know, I have to move on to the next destination and we, we, we obviously keep in touch, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's just sort of like a short-term thing. And that, that actually sort of messes with me, my head a bit, like meeting cool people in like hostels and stuff, and then realizing that they have their own life and we can't just like travel forever um <laughs> that's like upsetting <laughs> yeah i i'm sure that's like that's the one of the challenges of traveling solo for sure mm. for sure um how do you find solutions for that the loneliness well i haven't really because i haven't traveled for a year i haven't found a direct solution i have things of what i think can um be like a solution but definitely moving forward is to you know, stay like long-term in places for maybe, you know, three to four weeks and actually have a routine, meet, you know, actual people that you can have like solid friendships with and, you know, build that over yeah. the the period of weeks instead of just days. Um, so that's probably what I'm going to like, I know <laughs> I'm like into marketing. So I test a lot of things with like analytics and like different, you know, everything. But like what I'm doing is like testing my life and seeing what works for like me and figuring out, how I like react to different, you know, ads and stuff, like figuring out what works. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like split testing my own body and my own mental life. <laughs> I was about to ask you, I'm like, are you split testing? Like, <laughs> I was like, he's about to use the word split yeah. test. <laughs> he is. And you did. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> you meet people for a few days. It's so different from like a few weeks. Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, definitely For like sure. a few weeks has that time to you know, really solidify a friendship and really, you know, keep it a, lo a long-term thing instead of, you know, just a few days when in reality you can't really build, unless you have like direct chemistry, you can't really build a friendship in a matter of days. What do you think is the most valuable thing you've learned while you've traveled? Probably definitely perspective and gratitude realizing how lucky I am to be living in an amazing country and then living in like the best city in that country when there's you know so many things going on around the world you know I have life like so easy here compared to to other people so it really puts 
life into perspective of how you know lucky I am, how grateful I am to be living the life I, I have, have been doing because, yeah, as I said, there are some people facing some major issues, especially at the moment. Past 12 months have been difficult for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, probably just gratitude and perspective. Tell me your most meaningful person that you've ever met during your travels. Hmm. Most your base. <laughs> most meaningful person. Sort of caught me off guard here. I'm going to try to have a, a think. I think like... I just, I love like connecting with like local people, people that actually live the life of like that culture or that country or, or that city. So like those are pretty meaningful experiences because I get to actually, you know, see how these people have been living for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years and you know, understand instead of going and staying in like hotels and visiting, I don't know, Paris and the Eiffel Tower, you know, classic touristy destinations, I get to see parts of the world that people don't typically see and meet people that you know really live that that life so like in terms of I mean, it's traditionally not really a meaningful encounter but like for me it's you know really insightful to see how these people um, live just sort of day-to-day on a, on a day-to-day basis was there one particular person that you met that sticks out to you like a local that you met that was just like oh, I remember this person and they they stick out you know yeah I stayed um with with an Indian family for about a week in a um in a city in Kerala called Thrissur um but you know just as soon as I stayed with them his mum most beautiful mother like ever just absolute sweetheart you know took me in sort of as my own as my as her own sort of son I stayed with them for a week so that was like really meaningful um and just like seeing how they live and everything it was yeah pretty that's meaningful you had like a mom out there that's like a a indian mom sure she's lovely honestly you have an indian mom out there yeah (laughs) she's like luke (laughs) i'm in yeah we're like oh yeah it's like giving me um reminiscence getting getting nostalgia oh um yeah it's lovely (laughs) yeah yeah, and and you, I asked you earlier what were the challenges. You said loneliness. That's definitely one way to uh, to kind of mitigate that by you know meeting a local person and then kind of finding you know yourself mm-hmm. in their life. I think mm-hmm. that's a great way to yeah. kind of feel a little bit less lonely. <laughs> definitely, when you know, you like you have your your own mom. Family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you have a little family out there. And you, did you do a you did a homestay? Well, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like a paid home saying I just, a lot of the experiences I have are just through Instagram. So I just put up on Instagram saying, Hey, I'm in this city. And then some guy just picked me up from the train station and ended up staying with his family. What? (laughs) That is so cool. That's so cool. I didn't even know that you did that. (laughs) That's so awesome. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And that uh, really shows you the kindness of people in the world, right? Mm. Like I think mm. traveling to countries like for me, like Nepal or, or you know, different places that I've gone, like I've realized how people are very kind. Yeah, exactly. You know, like nowadays people get caught up with like all the news and all the negative and think that this world is like a horrible place. But 
the reality is like 99.9% of people want the best for you and, you know, are kind and generous. And especially in countries of, of Asia, you know, India, just the hospitality and the, the ability for these people just to invite you into your home, complete strangers is, is really like remarkable. They're just the most loving, amazing people. Simply like just, you know, inviting strangers to your home for dinner and for tea, like, yeah, good luck of that happening in any anywhere in Australia. That was just not <laughs> never going to happen. <laughs> Maybe out in the outback, but not not in any city. <laughs> yeah, same here. That's very uh, rare. It's <laughs> very rare. What is your most interesting story during your travels? Most exciting yeah. or dangerous story? Definitely. Um, when I was, I was in India, it was my second trip that I was there for two days. I don't know if you know about this story. Probably, I'm, I'm sure you do. Um, but I was celebrating a festival there called Diwali, which is basically a festival where you, you know, blow off a, a ton of firecrackers and all that kind of stuff. So I was with like a, a other YouTubers, for, like local YouTubers, like filming videos there and um, ended up like a firecracker blew up in my hand, like a, a big firecracker. Um, and then went like, I mean, I'm very un- like making this story underwhelming. It was actually like pretty severe. But like lost my middle finger, the tip of my index finger. My thumb was fractured in like 20 places. My thumb was like hanging off the back of my hand and then went to um, went to hospital, was there for 12 days, had two surgeries and then went home and recovered for three months. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw the video. Okay. I saw the video and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And how – okay. So what did you feel? Like how did you – what were you thinking in your head? Like what like, happened? Like immediately my thoughts were like, wow, I'm like that dumb Australian tourist who goes and overseas and does some dumb crap and ends up in hospital. That was like my immediate thought. And then afterwards I'm like, wow, like I like I went straight into survival mode. Like I, I realized I had like clarity in what was happening. My actually my initial thoughts, I thought it was a dream. So I was like counting on my fingers, my head, like one, two, three, four, five, like figuring out if this was a dream or not. So, you know, I realized it wasn't a dream. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, fingers and hand is like screwed up right now. The next potential issue is that I bleed out. So got to like get some wire, cut off circulation. And so I don't bleed out. So we did that. Um, and then it was just a matter of, you know, going to hospital. I was, I have it all on video. I was like vlogging at the time. And I remember running up to the car. Um, I, I like ran backwards because I wanted to go grab my camera because I thought it'd be good content. <laughs> so like yeah went went into the car just like blood everywhere um piles of puddles of blood and then 20 minute drive to the hospital and then was in hospital called my it was like 4 a.m in sydney and you know just kept calling my mom eventually she um she picked up and then you know facetimed her and dad and told him what had happened and you know that was like that was probably like the worst feeling of my life like telling my parents what what i'd done because you know obviously i knew i was Oh, I thought I was going to be okay. Like I wasn't, I obviously wasn't going to die. I was in hospital at this point, but not knowing how many fingers or if I'd even have a hand left was concerning for them. But um, yeah, that was pretty, pretty difficult. And then it was just a matter of going to like emergency surgery, had like a five hour surgery to reconstruct my hand and then woke up in ICU a few hours later and then in a jar at the bottom of my bed, like there's a jar of water with two fingers in it, just floating. And I, I like the first thing yeah. I looked up to is that I'm like, re- like really, like that. You think that's the first thing I want to see when I wake up from the traumatic injuries, like a glass full of fingers? 
<laughs> so and oh I'm, my god i'm like in shock right now <laughs> just the fact that like why would they do i don't i have no idea i have no idea so i'm like i called nurse over i'm like how many fingers did i lose and then she they sort of explained everything and how it all went about but uh yeah spent a couple two two day, uh 12 days in hospital mum flew out from sydney to um stay with me for the end of it and then um yeah went home and did rehab and you know got wow. everything back it's how's like, your hand um, now yeah it's, it's really good like considering wow. it was like it's fully functional nothing really i can't really like not do anything i'm not used to used to so, that is crazy that they were healed. able to like wow that's yeah, it healed, amazing it healed, it healed incredibly the doctor wow. like dr Manoj, shout out to him he's an absolute he's a lifesaver he's incredible him and his team I don't, I don't even know how it even looks like it does were you scared were you scared that you weren't gonna be able to recover were you confident that it was gonna be like what were you what was going on in your head like i'd be like free like, i i sort of knew it was out of my control at that point it was sort of just up, up to the medical team to do their best job so it didn't really cross my mind but like yeah it was obviously concerning you know it's not a situation anybody wants to really be in yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so want it to be over as fast as, as possible but i knew it's gonna be like a long road to recovery so yeah i mean i, I did everything i could to get it as, as good as it can you know going to rehab and you know doing exercises as much as i can you know massaging the scars out i i did like the best job that i could and the medical team did an amazing job so you know i think that's why it's at the stage it is where it's fully functional despite wow. you know a fight like it's not just like a, a little firecracker like these are like the um the nickname in kerala for these ones are called ab abortion bombs so like they're like the biggest <gasps> ones you can get it's like a cricket <gasps> like a baseball size like it's basically a grenade <laughs> oh my god uh, and just for some context so the viewers don't think i'm an absolute idiot but like the one that I was lighting off was faulty. So there's this thing called a ghost wick um, where like you light it, God. but it doesn't actually like fizz, but it goes like down the middle. So you can't see that it's lit. So I'm here like thinking it's not lit, but then like a second, like at the very end, it starts fizzing and I'm like, oh crap. And then tried to like throw it as fast as possible, but it wasn't in time. Wow. Wow. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. In the Philippines, for New Year's, like it's crazy there too, and a lot of that stuff happens because, yeah, things like that happen all the time. It's so scary. So, like when mm. I was a kid, my mom used to be like, "You're not allowed outside. You're yeah. staying inside," <laughs> because it's yeah, a lot of that stuff kind of like occurs, you know, because you don't know. Like, like for you, it was like that ghost wick, you know. So, mm. I'm just glad that you're like fully functioning, yeah. you know, like everything yeah. was fine. But how many months did that take to get better? um so it was like a three month period pretty quick actually that's, considering the, i was about to say i was like that's very yeah, fast three that's months and then fast. after three months i flew back to india and then saw everyone traveled around and then covid hit like i have a tendency to not be able to finish trips off <laughs> 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 just bad stuff always happens <laughs> oh gosh well don't say that yeah. <laughs> after covid you're gonna finish the trips and and do your thing and... yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy okay well since we talked about that your interesting dangerous story 
What is your most fulfilling and favorite moment? Def okay, on the on the same story, definitely going back to India after that um after that accident and seeing like the surgeon, seeing all my friends that were there with me and seeing going back to the hospital and, and seeing everyone. Definitely like 100% is the most fulfilling moment of my life. Very, you know, emotional going back and, you know, witnessing sort of everything that happened again and, you know, just meeting everybody properly instead of me being dosed up on tons of painkillers and everything so I could actually like function and chat to them. That has 100% got to be the the most fulfilling moment. Probably like not even just traveling, but probably of, of my life, honestly. Yeah, coming back and then being able to just be, that you're okay. Yeah, yeah. Like just show like, you know, I'm functional. You know, this is what you like fixed. This is how I am, you know. Thank you so much. And it was great to see everybody there. And yeah, really like emo an emotional time. Like I don't cry very often, but like absolutely bawled my eyes out <laughs> that day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your hand is fixed because like yeah. that's scary. Sometimes like people can't, they don't. And so it's just like the fact that you're able to function and what a scary moment, you know? Um, I remember your video. You were like, I don't know if I can. I think you said something like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to shoot anymore because it's my hand. Like yeah. as a photographer, as like someone who uses a camera, that's scary. Mm, you know, it's your absolutely. dominant hand. Yeah. So yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. So how do you do what you do like let's say there's like a young luke that's 18 or 17 or 16 <laughs> that's not too far away from who like where you are now but what if there's like a mini luke that's like you know i'm i that looks up to you i'm sure there is what's how do you how do they do what you do like what are the steps definitely just start doing it like it's so cliche and it's what everybody says but you learn the most from actually doing it like you can you know, go to school and film school for four years but what you learn in the first like few months of actually creating content and like uploading it and realizing what people like just like doing it just learn like you learn so much from actually just doing the action that you actually want to do so definitely just begin um, you know, obviously in terms of like equipment, just cameras and, and I won't really go into that much because I like, I honestly, I just shoot all my videos with a GoPro. Like my videos are so raw. They're so authentic. It just has very limited editing. It's just like literally me running around with a GoPro filming my videos. So in terms of like equipment, I can't really give any um, sort of a, like any tips on that because I don't really know much about, about cameras or anything. I just hit record and to go on with, with my day um but yeah it's just a matter of you know figuring out what works and what's entertaining for people um what i'm doing now as i'm sort of progressing is, is building a small team on like the content repurposing side of things so outsourcing a lot of my editing and repurposing of the content so i can just solely focus on filming and you know mass produce content that way so you know what i've learned lately is like time is money you know spending hours on editing a, a video that you can outsource to somebody else uh, is really just going to allow you to focus on the important things of filming, the important, you know, administration in terms of business and everything. So um, I guess that's like sort of more up there in terms of like beyond what a little Luke would be at at the moment. <laughs> but um, definitely just start, um, Not don't really care what people think about you or, you know, you're there to like live your life and live your dream. 
just um you know tunnel vision ahead just do it what makes good content in your experience i don't get to decide what is good content at the end of the day it's my viewers that decide what is good content because traditionally if you put my content up with you know a cinematic video that's taken weeks to develop and shot 4k um you know some of my videos have millions of views and you know People can spend weeks creating these cinematic videos and only get, you know, a couple hundred views. Not the views, you know, dictate everything, but should like re realistically, it's your audience that decides what content is quality and what they enjoy watching. So that's what, you know, I've realized. I know what caters to my audience. I know what kind of content they like. They like the raw, you know, very limited editing, just, you know, everyday life of sort of what, what I do and showcasing stories that other people, you know, wouldn't, you know, traditionally, you know, know. And what do you, what do you think they tend to like? Like, what does your audience tend to like? Because you already mentioned that you, it seems like they like authentic things. Mm. Like, how did you find that out? <laughs> well, I used to film on a Canon G7X that was very like zoomed in and just sort of of my face. Um, I used to edit it like with drone shots and used to edit it with music and. Um, like, I guess get, getting a lot of feedback in the comments helps a lot. You know, people saying that like this editing sucks or whatever. <laughs> uh, eventually, like I moved to the GoPro and just <laughs> moved to the GoPro and just filmed these raw videos and people just started to enjoy it. So obviously putting two and two together, seeing that people like these raw, authentic videos more than a cinematic video um, is better. And obviously it takes a lot, hell of a lot less time for me to edit these videos when it's done on a on a GoPro compared to when I'm adding cinematic shots and everything. So, um, yeah, I think that, yeah, listening to the feedback you get is definitely important because at the, the end of the day, they're the ones that are watching it. So they're going to give the, the good ideas. Um, but yeah, I think like it really just comes down to what your audience likes and listening to them and catering to them. Do you have any tips and tricks for that little Luke out there that's trying to grow their audience? Who's like, I'm mini Luke and I want to travel the world. <laughs> Little Lukey, um, probably upload consistency is the key to everything in life. So consistently uploading, um, not just going at it for a week and uploading as many videos as you can, but, you know, staggering it out, maybe two, three videos a week over a long period of time. Definitely utilizing the different platforms there are now. That's why I have an editor on board that is repurposing my content for TikTok and Instagram Reels because they have such a potential to, to show to millions of people. You know, all it takes is just one video to, to go viral and um, you have a ton of new followers and you have a ton of new people watching your content. So definitely like utilizing all the platforms that are out at the moment. That's something that I'm doing um, with Facebook. I've never really, not that it's a new platform, but I've never really looked into it. But a ton of my friends that film similar videos I've been having some really good success on Facebook at the moment. So I brought on a team member specifically for the Facebook video side of things. Um, but at the end of the day, I say this with a lot of like things in relation to content, it comes down to testing and figuring out what works for your audience, figuring out what they enjoy and just testing different types of things, especially it's harder on, on YouTube because they take longer to film and everything, but like TikTok, especially like test what your audience likes what they enjoy, you know, do they like that kind of text? Do they like things related to this country? Um, it's just a matter of testing and figuring out what your audience likes. And, you know, it's not going to be a thing that you figure it out. And then that's 
it for the rest of you know the next five years things change and things adjust and you have to cater towards that how do you fund yourself is it through these videos is it through partnerships like again like that little luke out there that's just like how does he do it you know like i want to do what he does but like doesn't know how Damn, little little luke's getting all the goods today he's going to become a big film star shortly <laughs> that's <what> i'm saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so I, I as i said i saved up a lot of money before i started traveling um saved up a ton of money to to fund my travels and been majorly majorly um spending my time in asia cost of living is obviously low so you don't really chew through that savings at a rapid pace so i do have a ton of savings backed up and then thankfully on that first trip i was able to make videos um you know obviously earning youtube adsense and um for the past two trips i've made mainly mainly been using youtube adsense but this trip i'm definitely like diversifying more to like different avenues of revenue and having my own products and my own side sort of thing and working with brands. Um, that's like the one thing I believe I, I lack in is like diversifying monetization um, because just I honestly haven't known what how to, how to do it. And that's a big reason I'm also on Facebook at the moment because it has a really great potential to earn money from just repurposed content. Um, so definitely like div I'm diversifying my sort of revenue streams um, at, at the moment. So if there's any brands out there that want to sponsor Luke, like he's, you know, he's looking for some partnerships. So there you go. With that, with that being said, though, I've only actually ever done two partnerships in my whole whole career. I'm actually like not the biggest fan of unless they, I really, Ooh, I really resonate with them. I prefer just to, to not sell it. Not that it's like selling out my audience, but, you know, I always think long term, I don't want to be constantly bombarding my audience with ads and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I almost totally understand why other people would do it because it funds their travel, but I'm in it sort of for like the long run. And if I can run off the savings and run off the current revenue that I'm earning instead of, you know, using brands and working with brands, then I'd much prefer to do that because I know long in the long term, it's going to benefit me a lot more. There you go. See, little Luke is like, yes. Little Lukey's buddy, he's got thousands of followers now after these tips <laughs> i know <laughs> there you go there you go to talk more about tips and tricks your favorite location and then tips and tricks on how to travel to those locations i think it's pretty obvious my favorite place is india and then specifically um the southern part of india i absolutely love that area you have that complete diversity you have mountains you have beaches you have amazing people it's sort of just everything combined into one it's kind of like tropical as well as you know mountain so really love that place um in terms of tips and tricks just like i think it's pretty obvious as to how i travel just go there and figure it out i guess just meet people and they, they'll show you i mean i don't really know like what other tips i, I, I can suggest booking a hotel and going on a tour but that's damn boring just go and go and do it really meet, meet meet the local people i think that's the best tip i'll give today just meet the local people because they know they know the best spots they know the best things to try and the best things to do so go and hang out with some locals uh, and just meet new people favorite food in that location kerala parota it's basically uh, i don't really know how to explain it. it's like a little it's like bread sort of like naan but like stringy and yeah it's unbelievable it's amazing so bad for you health wise but i <laughs> ate i ate so much of it um yeah amazing do you miss it yeah <laughs> <laughs>
like a oh, like a good like a good crunchy Kerala Perota. God, I'd, I'd love to eat that right now. <laughs> so when I go to India, I'm gonna have to try that. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. But there's like so many different kind of breads in um, India. I, masala dosa is absolutely amazing. Just like the, the like people say, India street like India food is amazing. It really like it is. It's it's so good. Like my mouth is kind of a uh, watering at the moment. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, I wish I was there. <laughs> uh, is there a piece of life advice you can give to a younger mini Luke? Luke. <laughs> yeah. I keep referring yeah. to mini Luke because he's out there listening. <laughs> um, I have it actually like tattooed on my wrist. It's called, it's a slogan I say all the time. It says, chase your dreams. And so I believe that like, you know, everybody has a dream that, they want to achieve and a dream that they have in life and you know their dream job or all that kind of stuff and i believe you know if you really you have everybody has the potential to do it it's just a matter of putting your mind to it and you know setting tunnel vision towards this goal not giving up until you reach it so yeah chase chase your dreams would be the number one tip just because i can't really fathom a life of me wishing i did something when i was younger i know there's a lot of People that get pushed into the education system and then end up being a, a doctor when they don't want to just because their parents want to. And then you reach 30 years old and you get a lot more restrictive or whatever, um, especially when you're young and you have that ability to just like dip off overseas whenever you want. You don't have many restrictions. Um, I think it's best at this age to go like high risk, high reward, because there's always going to be a full time job and there's always going to be university there that you can fall back on or college you can fall back on later on but the reality is like when you're 20 years old you have a lot less restrictions when you're 30 years old and you might have a mortgage you might have a car repayment you might have you know a, a girlfriend you might have a family so definitely uh in the early days go high risk high reward where the heck did you get this positive uh mindset from like where did that come from honestly probably gary v <laughs> gary really Vance. yeah i i love his content i consumed a lot of it when i was 17 18 19 um yeah like honestly probably him because i really resonate with a lot of the stuff that he says i love gary v i yeah. also resonate with gary v so yeah. uh, it's so funny that you're that you uh that you like him well i mean that makes sense because you sound like him like a mini version of <laughs> a traveling that world traveler content creator like traveling content creator mini version of gary v <laughs> you know you know what is so funny about that is we, oh okay so like i have a trello calendar that basically uh, like setting up my days and everything and has my life goals and 2021 goals and sort of monthly goals literally like my life goal the top one is be the gary v of travel see <laughs> but i'm not I even lying like that is genuinely it <laughs> So there you go. It, it's going to happen. It already is. You're already yeah. on that trajectory. So it's it's going to happen. Well, I, as I, I said earlier, I hate failing. So I'm going to get there. So it might take. Well, you're already while. there. You're that's, already there. Well, actually, you know yeah, what I mean? that's, a, that's the thing. It doesn't have a real definitive end term. Like, what is the Gary V of travel? Um, like, there's no real definitive term. So I guess it's more like a subconscious or subjective opinion. I don't believe I'm there yet, but it's. Right. um nice to hear you think that so maybe i'm almost there i think you're there i think you're there so and and i think that if you you speak it in the terms of Eric gary v if you speak it into your existence now it already is you know so 
and I and I do believe that about you. Like I really when I when I saw you and I met you, I was just like, ah, oh, he's like a mini Gary V. Only he does like travel. That's so cool. Like <laughs> maybe he's um, like, yeah. Gary Gary V can um give me his tips for mini Gary V. Like I'm giving. My yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because like I remember looking at your video with the with your hands, and I I said to myself like, how does this guy have such like a positive outlook on everything like even in the midst of this tragedy he has like he looks at things differently and he's built differently and you're built differently people mm. in this world you know are you know they're the people that like are super super like uh successful have this mindset about them they're built differently we were like goal oriented we think like uh long term and and you have that and you have it at a young age which is awesome just, just and, touching on that and sort of everything, like, especially with the hand accent, there's only like two, there's only two paths that whole situation could go. It's either you think positive and make the most of the situation or think negative, realize that you're not going to like change anything because what's happened has happened. Like what the hell does like thinking negatively even like bring like to the table? It's just, like in my brain, at least it's a, it's a no brainer to like not be negative because I can't change the past. I just got to deal with, the things that are going on at the moment so at least in my brain it's like a no-brainer to think positive about all situations negative situations don't really associate with negativity for me it's more like learning and figuring out you know what i learned from this exact situation um so like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and i also remember seeing like that guy that farted at you and india <laughs> And you're just like, he just farted. And you thought you found that so, <laughs> you found that amusing when other people would have found that insulting. And I was like, you see, this is why. <laughs> that is that is funny. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just wired. wired I find it funny. Hilarious. <laughs> like where, where, where in the world are you going to go and someone's going <laughs> to fart on your face? <laughs> I was literally like, <laughs> but then you laughed about it. You're like, he farted. <laughs> And I definitely would have had the same reaction, but I know a lot of people would have been insulted. And so, there, <laughs> so there's like two different thought processes. And, you know, there are people that have this like way that our brains are built and they were built like to look at things differently. And then yeah. there are other people that look at things negatively. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> well, awesome. Okay. What's the, okay. To, almost at the end, but where are you going to next? So next destination is Pakistan. I'm um, I'm not sure when this podcast will be released, but the idea was to go on the 18th of March. It's looking like it will be pushed back a, a week or two. So hopefully at the end of March, I'll be in Pakistan. Um, yeah, wow. I haven't visited that country before. Um, heard a lot about it. Uh, it's interesting because, you know, obviously I've been to India and there's a lot of conflict between India and Pakistan. So it's going to be interesting to see um, sort of what what goes on there but also Pakistan's one of those countries like in the Middle East that has suffered greatly from the media just depicting it as a terrorist country all these bombings when in reality it's nothing like that sure there are like bombings occasionally but you know there's stabbings and stuff in London there's terrorist attacks in Paris but like everyone has been like 9-11 in New York <laughs> exactly you know everyone's been manipulated to you know hate Pakistan and hate Muslims because they've been associated as terrorists when it's just not true so I want to go there and showcase the the real Pakistan show people that it's not what the media portrays it as and show the truth you know I'm going to keep it raw keep 
the, the videos raw, authentic, show what I experience. Uh, and hopefully by the end of that, I'll also have clarity to, as to why the media has been lying to people about it. And hopefully people can understand that it's not what has been depicted. I can't wait to see what you get. Um, yeah, I don't so know if you know this, but yeah, half of my, my cousin is half Pakistani, half Filipino. So mm. yeah, something I'm very, uh, you know, interested in, in what you get and I'm excited for you to kind of shed light into that part of the world. And I think yeah. it's important. What's the one interesting item that you take with you when you travel? Not your passport. <laughs> my mom gave it to me when I first left. It's a rock and it's like shaped like a love heart. So that's pretty that. interesting. Actually, yeah, now I think about it, that is. So I've had that in my bag the whole time. Just something. A rock? Yeah, it's like a flat rock that's like shaped like a love heart. She found it at the beach. Oh, that is. Just had that in my bag. Very interesting. Oh, my gosh. That's cute. That's very nice. And that was really meaningful, actually, because yeah. most people probably wouldn't carry rocks. No. <laughs> <laughs> It's an odd thing to carry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very interesting. It's probably, wow. it's probably not even allowed because I know um, like countries are strict on bio laws and yeah. bringing in like, na like not that a rock really has many, yeah. I don't know, maybe there's fungus on there or moss or something. Yeah. Well, there's not yeah. that has been traveling my bag for the past two years. Yeah, you're like, it's belonging <laughs> in my bag. It's for my bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the shape of an art. Leave me alone. <laughs> um cool so last question i have for you where can we find you so it's just luke demand on basically all, all socials l-u-k-e-d-a-m-a-n-t um just search that up on tiktok instagram facebook youtube and i'll pop up <laughs> they sort of all they kind of all link together you know once you find one you can get directed to be the others so as long as you find to one all of the things yeah exactly <laughs> do you have anything else to share with us anything else you want to say before we close up um just hopefully everybody can travel shortly just be patient make the most of life while you're young and just chase your dreams <laughs> that's probably uh the number one thing i love it well Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on the Roaming the Earth podcast, stories and adventures of people who are jet setters, nomads, and explorers. This is Drea Castro signing off. Join us again next time. Stay wild. If you're interested in hearing more stories from around the globe, don't forget to subscribe, share it to your friends, and follow me on Instagram on I'm Roaming the Earth.